0: everybody. This is William Del Pilar, and I'm here with my co-host, Sean King, and this is the Red, White, and Rude Politically Incorrect podcast. We've got a great show for you tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about Shannon Doherty. Actually, Sean and I, we saw her when we were younger. She was one of the top top teen stars when when we were around. We're going to talk a little bit about the Karate Kid. I think that's one of Sean's uh, uh, franchises he enjoys and likes. And we're going to close it out uh, talking a little social media commentary, but in regards as to why are corporations not posting or advertising on X. And the reason that's a pop culture entertainment is when you're an entertainment corporation and you're not advertising or promoting your movies, there's something wrong
1: there. So with that, let's get into it. But first, Sean, how are you doing, brother? Pretty good. Before we get started, did uh, you see that they're planning on making a Fantastic Four reboot? I've been hearing about that for a uh,
0: couple of years now, but I saw it like last month. You know, uh, Bob Iger just had his uh, 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 his big talk with employees. So
1: I don't know. Did he bring it up then? Well, I only bring that up because last Last podcast, we were talking about the Marvel's bombing and the, you know, them shoving wokeness and you you thinking they might turn it around and stop doing that. Well, according to the announcement for the Fantastic Four reboot, they're going to have Silver Surfer in it again. But they've made uh, the statement that the Silver Surfer will be cast as a female. So it doesn't seem like they have learned their lesson quite yet. Me, personally, I won't even go see the movie if they put the Silver Surfer as a female. I grew up with Silver Surfer as a male. I mean, come on.
0: I didn't go see the first one because of the way they did the casting. Look, I am one of these guys who I truly believe in my heart. You have to honor whatever you're adapting. If Stanley made the Fantastic Four, Reed Richards, uh, Mary Sue, Sue's brother being uh, 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 the Human Torch, Ben Grimm being the the, the 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 thing, and they're all white, then the movie should portray that. If I would never sit there and say Luke Cage should be played by a Latino, an Arab, or something, Luke Cage should be played by a black man. Period. No ifs ands, or buts. So when I hear tales like that, I just shut down. Now I, I'm not going to go see it. You know, uh, and if they're going to lead with they're going to lead with the Silver Surfer, it's likely going to be woke with the trend. However, we're now entering a tr- and what, maybe we'll talk about this a little bit more once we get to the uh, to the X discussion and Elon Musk. But yeah, that's a sore point with me because, and I'll leave it with this before we go into uh, uh, Shannon Doherty uh, is uh, it's never an issue when leftists do it, and when, but when 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 when, when non-leftists do it, they scream cultural appropriation, they scream this, they scream that. And I look at it and I'm like, well, first of all, if the road doesn't call for anything specific, why are you having an issue? You know? Or you've heard this one, you see this one, where they got a guy who can actually walk playing uh the character of somebody who, who who is in a wheelchair. And I'm like, yeah, you morons, I would have cast it that way. You know why? If not, you got to set everything up for that guy in a wheelchair. It costs more money. It creates more angst. It puts you over budget. And you want the best actor. You don't want the qualification. You have to be in the wheelchair to qualify for this role. You want the best actor who can pull that role off. So our, our values are all messed up. Uh, uh, when you start playing the gender first, the skin color first, that's when you run into the issues we are currently having. And I tell you this, Sean. There will be a backlash. So you've heard me say it for years. You can only push people so far. And within, once the Democrats implemented the Jim Crow laws, it, it took nearly 100 years, but Black Americans finally said enough, and that's when the sit-in started. Everything has a breaking point, regardless of who you are, what gender you are, what color you are, what religion you are, and what country you're from. Human nature will only be pushed so far. And you got me all oh, mad, and you got me all in there. <laughs> so, so let's get right into it with Shannon Doherty. First of all, Sean, tell the audience what you remember about Shannon Doherty before I, I give a, Before I tell the audience a little bit more about him.
1: Well, I, her. I I hate to admit it, but I did watch uh, 90210 back in the day. I think it was back to back with Melrose Place, so I'd watch both yes. of those both of those shows. Um, I liked Shannon's, you know, character in the show. I thought, you know, as a young boy, there was a few good-looking girls in that show. I still think Melrose Place had the better looking females, but that's just me. Yes, they did. But Sean, so tell us about, I
0: never watched the show, but the show, everybody, was a pop culture phenomena. You may never have seen the show. You may not know who was in the show. You may not have been able to recognize an actor from the show, but you knew about the show. So so set the show up a little bit in terms of what was the plot. I assume it was rich kids at a high school and the drama that comes with them. It's like the rich kids version
1: of Riverside or I'm sorry, Riverdale, you know. Well, you pretty much summed it up right there. It was just, you know, high school kids played by people that were in their 20s. I think Gabriel Carteris was even older than that. And, you know, I don't know what her age was, but they brought it out later. And it was like she was double the age of pretty much of what she was playing. So, you know, I I remember watching that show and uh, I thought Luke Perry was the, you know, who sadly has passed away. Rest Uh, in peace, Luke. Um, he was my favorite character. He was like the James Dean, you know, cool guy. And I didn't even grow up with James Dean. But, you know, that's what they all talked about when they, his character, you know, he put on the leather jacket, he had the hair, he had the sideburns, he just had that look going. So, you know, it was, a, it was definitely that Melrose Place were the show's. In my younger You know, years. it was
0: probably the equivalent of, say, a Dawson's Creek or anything on the CW right now. Uh, you know, these movies, these shows, they're pretty much just regurgitated and they're, they're time capsules. So you look at the 90210 and you'll see everything from the 90s, the pop culture, all that. And then you go to Dawson's Creek, then you go to a show today. But the stories are pretty much the same. What, what has always cracked me up, about those type of shows, and we'll get back to Shannon here in a second. But what cracks me about those type of shows is they're teenage kids, you know, telling the 40 and 50 year olds, "Well, this is what you need to do, Dad. You know, I love you, but you got to do." It's like they can solve the world's problems. Like, why do we need adults? You know, why not go back to Logan's Run and just boom, whack us at 32, you know, and be done with it? It, it always puts it always puts children smarter than the adults in the room, and that's the one thing that that I always mock. That said, I was a big Dawson's Creek fan. One day I'm just sitting there and my wife turns it on. And, you know, you're not paying attention next thing you know. So, so who's that character? Who's this? And I assume Beverly Hills 90210 was the same. Uh, uh, any comments you want to share about a favorite uh, storyline or, or what did you like specifically about the show outside of the fact we were young and they had hot chicks on there?
1: You know, I can't really recall specific storylines. They had their little diner. Was It's called the Peach Pit, I believe it was. And they'd go hang out there. And it was just following the high school. And when you're in high school, you think like, oh, look at they're living the life. You know, they got yeah. a nice car. They got all these girls, you know. You know, one's breaking up with one girl. He's already pulling another girl. And you're like, these are the cool. This is what I need to be like. You know, you think that's real life when it's nothing close to what it's like. You know, one one more note before we get to Shannon. It's funny you say that because the
0: cars, the looks, Beverly Hills, expensive. People, back in the 80s, a term came out of the movie Wall Street. Greed is good. The 80s were like the biggest party years in American history. And that extended into the early 90s there and, and, and Beverly Hills, 90210, from what I remember from the scenes, always showing high-end stuff. What's funny, Sean, is there's a whole segment of the world that still lives like that, that still grows into that, still wants that. But now they've taught us, the working class people, oh, y'all don't want that. Rich people are bad, they're evil. <laughs> so it's kind of, and then the, 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 the more around to agree with it, it's kind of like, you guys are slitting your own throats. The American dream is being successful. Most people see that success financially, but there's different versions of success that only you and your heart can determine. But the fact that 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 our politics are cutting out uh, the American dream as being bad, boy, this country's not heading the right direction. So let's get to Shannon. Uh, obviously, Beverly Hills 90210. She was known for that. Came out in 1990, so I was right about the 80s. I, w- I was thinking 92, 93, but 1990. Uh, she left after season four and we'll get into why. But did you know there was a reboot in two thousand eight?
1: I did know of the reboot, but you know, I was quite older then and did not have an interest in watching it at that point. Did you have kids at that point? When was when did you say two thousand eight? Two thousand eight. Uh let me do the math here. Yes.
0: <laughs> oh but, yeah. But yeah, they were yeah, yeah.
1: babies, you know, so it's like uh you know.
0: So Sean was married with kids. Nine hundred two one zero had left him behind. <laughs> now, you know, she left after season four. Uh, in a nutshell, I'm pretty sure you know why too. Why, why did she leave?
1: I actually don't recall. I I would guess back then she was getting in a little bit of trouble, and she was yeah. fighting fighting with the cast, fighting with the directors, um, partying. She was she was pretty much you know the problem child on the show. So um, is that it? Yeah,
0: she was the bad girl.
1: And in real life. The bad, that that's means. where they caught
0: her. Uh, let's see here. She, uh, 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 she fought with castmates. Jenny Garth, I guess, with the tabloids, her and Jenny Garth were fighting, and that trend would not end. Uh, like you said, heavy parting, uh, and what, she, what I found shocking was actual physical fights. You know, I, that's what I found uh, actually shocking. And the producers have confirmed this, saying, "Yeah, she, she yeah, she was a problem child." Uh, you know, so but she's also known for posing nude in Playboy. If anybody's wondering, it was in December, the 1993 issue. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean that was a big thing back then you people you have to realize uh playboy was huge before the internet once the internet came out and then video when started happening the that spelled the spelled the doom of playboy and now they're like they're not even a shell of themselves i think they're pretty much floating on money they made from the past you know uh note for made for tv movies
1: but did you ever watch charmed, charmed. no i didn't But on your Playboy comment, that's where celebrities went like to, you know, I don't know what, 93. So, you know, she's still on the show, but that's that's where they went. They would pose for Playboy to either revive their career or get people to look at them in a different light. And that, yeah. And then the Internet came along and boom, destroyed it. Oh yeah. And
0: it wasn't just Playboy people. Maxim magazine was immensely popular. The, the internet literally destroyed the printing industry. Everybody thinks of newspapers, but it wasn't like comics. Comics are a shell of themselves and their, 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 their sales are, are, are exponentially slowing down now. And, but that's a product of movies and comics being woke, you know? So uh, 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 the internet has done a lot of damage. Uh, surprisingly, Sean,
1: she's a Republican. What are your thoughts on that? I'm a little surprised. I mean, did she recently become one in the last 10 years or something? No, she's been
0: one for a while. And she said, and I'm not quoting her, but she said, yeah, I know Hollywood's made up of mostly leftists. I have no issues working with them. So they better not have issues working with me.
1: (laughs) Well, apparently she did have issues working with them.
0: I think that was more (laughs) diva issues because I I think – and she never came out and and said she wasn't a diva because there's just too much crap out there about her. Uh, But, I mean, she's just your classic diva. And and divas show up anywhere, people. But I would imagine having – and I've done television before, but I've never come across diva because it was always sports-type shows. Uh, But uh, I got to be honest. Can you imagine – a diva that's an actress uh, 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 an a-list actress and uh, uh, at that point in time she was a superstar you know all those cast members were superstars. well mostly the two guys jason Priestley. what was the other guy's name i luke forget. perry luke perry yeah luke perry recipes. and then you had uh yeah.
1: what was it brian austin green that was the yeah other. and brian austin green went on to do some
0: movies and other series but honestly, Sean, you know, and Sean can tell you, the media frenzy was crazy. I had no clue Brian Austin Green was on Beverly Hills 90210. I didn't watch it, so I had no clue. But I knew who Luca Perry, uh, 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 the two top male actors in Shannon Doherty. It's kind of like they eclipse Jenny Garth. And, and What I'm talking about, Sean, is people who didn't watch the show, we knew who those three people were. Had no clue what they did on the show, but we knew them. So they transcended that. So, so I, I mean, to be a superstar and a diva—have you ever experienced that?
1: Uh no. I'm no diva, so I no.
0: No. And... What about what, what about anybody <laughs> in law enforcement? Any females that were divas there?
1: Well, I think are you, if you're just going with the attitude, you, you I've met people who think they're divas. Like I've worked at nightclubs and they come up to the front door and think they're important. And uh, <laughs> and they're not as important as they think they are. So I guess I've I've witnessed the diva attitude, just not as from a celebrity such as her. Well, in the military,
0: you have to put everything in context. And women, ladies, I'm not comparing anybody, but just for an example's purpose, uh, especially as a sailor, uh, my friends will tell you, well, yeah, 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 yeah. He he'd go for a, 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 a five as quickly as he'd go for a ten. <laughs> Got to know your odds, people. Got to know your odds. You know, but so I say everything in context. So in the military, that's uh, ninety percent on ships and 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 certain commands. So when there's a woman, you know, she's sought after because the numbers. You know, so every once in a while, I would run into a diva. You know, because not that they were what you would think is a diva, but in that situation, when they were one of a few, they were very diva-like. And ladies, I'm not knocking you. I'm just kind of telling you a man's point of view, whether right or wrong, it's kind of how, at least I grew up. I don't want to put my words in the shot's mouth. But have you ever run into that situation, that type of diva?
1: Uh, No. It, if you're saying where a girl has the attitude that, you know, she's hot stuff, I, I've been around that whenever there's predominantly like say, 90% males and 10% females, then you can immediately see the yes, attitude in the room change because that female can see the pretty much what I always say. The sharks are, are swimming around and uh, you know, she's the victim. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I don't envy her. <laughs> I don't envy her actually, because I know what guys are like and you you're in a room with ten guys and you're the only girl. It's uh, it probably can't be too comfortable.
0: You know what? I, I got to be honest. I've never seen a woman, even if she's only one. I've always seen them bring the confidence because when when people watch you, that kind of gives you some confidence, you know. And it's, I've seen it turn into arrogance. Uh, uh, but but anyway, charm. Back to charm. Charm. That was a reboot. So she wasn't. So she did Beverly Hills 90210, then guest starred in the reboot she then she from there she went into the reboot of charmed uh, uh uh which was the second go around and it turns out she had the same problems with elisa milano but that said elisa milano is another diva so what happened is you, you you had and rose i forget her name rose, uh, rose mcgowan Rose McGowan, she was dating uh, Marilyn Manson, you know, so you had three wacky women. I mean, you had three whacked out women in terms of their attitudes, uh, who they are. So I'm surprised the show lasted as long, but she got into it with Alyssa. Alyssa Milano, turns out she's a hardcore far, she's a hardcore leftist. Who wants your life to be miserable while she lives in luxury. That's what it boils down to. Everything she preaches will put you in a miserable life, but she doesn't abide by that. You know, now to the sad part of all this is she has cancer. She's had breast cancer. She's fought that for years and years. And as she was first diagnosed with it in 2015, she underwent a mastectomy, which kind of seems, uh, I have family members who have had breast cancer. so I've always thought that's kind of the norm, you know, if they can't catch it in time and, uh, radiation and she went through the radiation process and she stated she was in remission in 2017. And I'm sure you heard these stories too, Sean, over, you know, just basic news stories. And you kind of forget about them when they're not in the limelight, you know? And in 2020, she stated that the cancer had returned uh, and was stage four. And, and, and and then earlier this year uh, 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 she announced that it had spread to her brain and that she had undergone surgery to remove a tumor which she named bob <laughs> my point in saying that is it seems like she's had some humor towards it so you know i had forgotten about all this but it's kind of like uh uh uh, uh health-wise uh, god has not been too kind to her with the cancer maybe he's got a lesson for her to learn uh but you know she asked, she said, I don't want to die. The Beverly Hills 9021 alum, 52, told People for its December 11th cover story. And to get props of People, they pretty much encapsulated the medical stuff. First of all, uh, 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 Sean, when you see an actress like this that was such a diva, such a control freak, so willing to either have it my way or I'll, or I'll slap you or hit you, when something like this happens, Uh, what goes through your mind is, I mean, and I don't want to put you in the spot. I don't don't want you to say, well, she brought it on herself. I I mean, I'm not trying to get you to say that, but do you think this is karma? It's just coincidental, uh,
1: that. And then what do you think of her moving forward? Well, honestly, like I, I used to hear, I don't wish this on her because I never really disliked her. I used to laugh about her fighting, you know, with her castmates I don't think that makes her a bad person. And now that I've gotten to, you know, listen to Alyssa Milano talk more, I could understand why she'd fight with her. Cause I find Alyssa Milano growing up. That was like, I thought Alyssa Milano was great. She was on who's the boss and everything. And I grew up with her and then she became an adult. And uh, now the stuff she says, is she's completely, well, insane in my opinion. And, what? and so <laughs> So the fact that Shannon Doherty punched her makes me actually like Shannon Doherty even more now. So, I- Oh, hold on.
0: I, I don't know if, if they ever got in the fist cuss, but the visual is very appealing. <laughs> and not sexually. I mean, just knocking her out because Alyssa Milano is that bad of a human being. And, and for, the, for the audience to know, just one example. I loathe, I don't, God bless you, make all the money you can, but I loathe the elitism I see in people. And when Alyssa, Alyssa Milano says to take everybody's guns away and she goes to an anti-gun rally with armed security, the hypocrisy reeks to the point, I wish Anna Doherty had knocked her out, you know, because those are the worst scum of the earth. They,
1: What's that saying? Do as I say, not as I do. Well, she also had an incident. I believe somebody was near her property with like, a, it turned out to be a BB gun or an air gun. Oh yeah. And she called LAPD and wanted, you know, it's hilarious. They want the world to come, the SWAT team, everybody with guns to come when they need help. But yet, uh, you know, everybody else, Oh, 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 you you don't deserve the same service is, is what I get from her. So yes, she's definitely not on my high up there list of favorite people. And I'm talking about a lot. And yet they're screaming
0: to defund the
1: police. Yes. So the fact that Shannon Doherty didn't, didn't like her, uh, I can probably understand why now.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I I didn't watch a show, but I knew of her. And people, here's another thing without the internet. There are only a few sources you got your entertainment news from. Mine was TV Guide. Because I think, oh, dear God, the internet literally destroyed probably a, a, a multi-billion dollar uh, publication. And TV Guide, because Sean,
1: did your family have TV Guide at home every week? No, where I got most of my entertainment news was at the grocery store when you're standing in line, all those magazines are lined up there and you would see a headline like, you know, Shannon Doherty thrown off of, you know, whatever, or they'd have a picture of her drunk leaving a party. And I'd be like, oh, this is interesting. So then I, you know, waiting in line, you just take a quick peek and that's where you got your news back then. Well, at least for me.
0: Yeah, no, no, I get you. I get you. TV Guide uh, literally was one of the most uh, uh, printed publications, and they had all those stories. And and the newspaper too. Every once in a while, uh, I can't remember where they would have a section. Oh, Sundays maybe. But yeah, you know. So I had, I didn't really care about her. I'm like, ah, bad people as a kid. I was like, oh, that's bad. Anything, you know, bad karma, this that. As an adult, you kind of mature and grow up. You know. So God bless her. Nobody deserves to have that. I'm not comparing her. To my dog tank, but he died of cancer. And, and and however, cancer does the same thing whether you're human or an animal. And to go through the process, you have to heal yourself uh, with no guarantees. Uh, I hope she has a strong support system. Uh, it, it's got into the bones. The cancer stage four. She came out. It, she said it earlier this year, but she reiterated it in the People uh, magazine. That kind of that's what helped the story take off. Uh, Before the audience. Uh, 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 her survivability. So when a cancer spreads to the bone, it's called me- metast- metastasize.
1: How do you pronounce
0: it, metastasize. Metastasize. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, a large scale study was done in 2017 and, and I don't know, uh, I'm assuming it's the breast cancer. That's kind of taken over, because that's all she's talked about she's had, uh, or maybe the brain cancer, but uh, breast cancer had the highest one-year survival rate after bone metastasis. Is that how you say it? Metastasize. Metastasize, yeah. Uh, After bone metastasize, which is 51%. So she's got a 50% survival rate. And here's the kicker. You know, in the '90s and '20, and and when somebody caught cancer, that was usually a death. Now, you know, it's I mean, we're talking 30 years ago. Uh, so while breast cancer is is still dangerous, it's it's if caught with enough time, it's one of those things like prostate. You catch it early enough, no problem. You live long and prosper, as Spock would say. Uh, so, but my point to you, Sean, is when I see her, I see a fighter uh, that's overcome. How do you see her in in that sense or, or any other way?
1: Well, she seems to have the right attitude. She's cracking jokes and she says she, you know, she's prepared to die, but she's got a lot of things to do and she, you know, wants to live. So she sounds like she has the will to live. Um, I think on the survival rate though, it's the one year survival rate is 51%. So I think that's just after one year, uh, stage, stage four cancers in general are, you know. Usually, a not a good good chances. That's that's the point when they're trying to just make your survivability years, like two to three years, and pain painless. I uh, looked it up. It's an advanced stage. It's gone to other organs. Um, I had a, a stepdad. He got liver cancer, and it's he couldn't get a liver transplant because as soon as it spread to other parts of his body, they're not going to give him a new liver because now it's in other parts of his body. Right. And so once it spreads, it's, you know, I witnessed his, it was chemotherapy just to try to sadly extend his his life. And then at the end, it's just, he was on a morphine drip. Because of the pain, yeah. So and bad. what
0: Sean is talking about is exactly what I was referring to the the road from once you get it and the process. It's it, it's not healthy. I mean, our dog again, not to compare her, but and having to deal again, people, cancer does the same thing to an animal that it does to a human. We ended up foregoing to radiation because our previous dog, you know, it was about. It's like, why am I going to make the dog suffer if he's going to live an extra six months? But they were trying to pitch us. So with this dog who got cancer, we did the pills. It was the pills that would stop the cell from mutating. uh, But the pill was deadly too. We had to give him the pill in food with our hands gloved. You know, that's that's how toxic it was. So there's no easy cure. And yeah, yeah, I apologize for reading that wrong. And you're right. When I hear stage four, you know, and, and I apologize to people, I'm not trying to offend. But I think death. I think, wow, they're stage four, man. They're toast. Is how I've always viewed it. This is the first time I've actually read a detail about stage four and somebody having it. So God bless Shannon Doherty. We wish her the best. She's given us decades. She's been around. She's still acting. I mean, she's had her stalls because of her health, but she's acted throughout up until uh, just a, a year or two ago. You know, so so good luck to her, and uh, I'm sure she's going to have a strong support group. So let's get moving to a topic you have a great interest in, the Karate Kid. Now I never went to see the movies, and I and I think I saw the first two uh, uh, on uh, HBO or, or something like that. But it, it, the first two were major blockbuster hits, you know. So so tell us a little bit about the franchise.
1: Well, the original Karate Kid was made for eight million dollars, and it made one hundred thirty million at the box office. So that was a big hit back in the day. Uh, the second one, the budget was 12.5 million and it made another 130 million. Um, but then it started to go downhill from there. (laughs) Part three was made for 12.5 and it only made 38 million. And then the last one, and I'll say last one before they rebooted it, uh, was made for 12 million and only made 15.8 that's the one that had Hillary uh Swank Point. yeah and quite honestly i probably saw that one maybe once but i think i went just <laughs> i think i just saw it because you know hey i've seen all the previous three i got to see number 4 you know but uh it was quite the my youth growing up i mean i went from bruce lee to the karate kid cuz the karate kid came out in 1984 which is about 11 years after bruce lee passed away so you know i was a sean
0: i i have to stop you you got it i don't care if we do this every other episode what is your your connection to bruce lee versus all these other wannabe bruce lees i'm pumping you up because you deserve it because there's not many people who can claim what what you've gone through because these guys are dying well my connection is
1: i've you know trained with I trained seriously with uh two or three original Bruce Lee students, and then I've trained with most of them most of the other ones in uh seminars and stuff but yeah, I was fortunate enough to train with them and learn from them, and and it was great after you training I would get to hear stories about uh you know Bruce Lee's stories and uh what it was like to train with them and his demands and what he was like and you know so I feel fortunate uh it was a Good hour and a half, two hour drive each way for me to go train with these people. But to this day, I'll say it was worth every minute. And uh, I mean, hey, and was- hey,
0: people, here's the issue uh, uh, Bruce Lee created Jeet Kune Do. The problem is there's no formal system like a school or anything like that. So if you go on the Internet looking looking for uh, <laughs> JKD, as it's more commonly known as, you're going to find – I'm speculating, but it seems to me like there's at least 80% of the videos out there. You're like, man. What the hell is that crap they're doing? So, and my point being is uh, Sean learned JKD as it's properly supposed to be used. And I'm I'm very thrilled and happy to say I trained under him for many years. However, I'll be honest, I probably, if there was a white belt to brown belt, it probably took me those 10 years, the the, the progress from one belt to the lower belt. <laughs> But the point is, Sean, that's a great story, and I love telling it because it's so unique. And and those guys, as I said, they're dying. I think there's a few of them around, and they're what in their 70s.
1: Oh yeah, they're. I'm trying to think of a few that are left, but yeah, it's it's really sad. Tackett,
0: Tackett's yeah. still
1: around? Yes, he's still around, but uh, I don't, he's not actively teaching anymore. So, you know, it's yeah. timing's everything, and it just happened to be the perfect timing for me to go down there because they were getting towards the end of their you know, teaching them and, and unfortunately their lives. So,
0: yeah, yeah, we all get owed. Uh, and for the audience out there, the, the teachers that Sean's talking about is, uh, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but if I remember correctly, Bruce Lee made some kind of deal with his masters who didn't want to teach a white guy, so he closed his schools down. Or maybe he wanted to pursue his acting career more vehemently. I don't know, but he closed it down for a reason. But the students of his that were in from this L.A. school started up a group called Wednesday, Wednesday Night.
1: Is uh, that what uh, it was, the Wednesday Night group? No, that's where – okay. I mean this could be a whole podcast in itself. We could we get on a whole Bruce Lee thing. Uh, Bruce just didn't want uh G Do taught to the public. So um, mainly there was only, uh, he taught, had Dan and Asanto will go with the LA schools last as the main teacher when he was off doing his acting or going wherever, but these students, you know, later when Bruce passed away, then they went on to teach what they had learned from Bruce. So they are never officially authorized from Bruce to go right, teach this, right? but you know, they had trained for many years and learned and, and progress, and they continued and stuff. So that's the
0: short yeah. version. Well, what's cool? What's cool is how you guys learn from these people. So you know enough where you can look at some of Bruce Lee's proteges, and and you know what their strengths are, what their weaknesses in JKD. Like Enosanto, what's his name? Enosanto in, in, is. Yeah, yes. In a Santo, yes. There you go. Yeah, like him. You know, his weakness is his strength, and he's like in his seventies, eighties too. Anyway, we really digress. But uh, uh Sean's a unique individual, and it's it, 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 it's something you should be extremely proud of. Now that said, unique. Uh, so the reboot. Talk to us about the reboot of the Karate Kid, and it's and hey, and, and and it's gonna star arguably. Bruce Lee's uh, successor in terms of film and notoriety, uh, Mr. Jackie Chan and Ralph Macchio comes back. So what are you excited for and what are you looking for in this movie?
1: Well, I'm waiting to see what gets cast, who gets cast, excuse me. They they put out in the, you know, when they made the announcement, the announcement was uh, Ralph Macchio and Jackie Chan saying, hey, we're doing a new Karate Kid and they're doing a nationwide search for a Karate Kid. I don't know if he's going to be the star or whatever. But the, at least those two are going to be in it. They haven't announced anybody else, so I'm sort of happy because at least it's got Ralph Macchio, and I guess uh, Jackie Chan's going to sort of be the Mr. Miyagi because he's already done that in the uh, the reboot Karate Kid that had uh, him and Jaden Smith, which made really good money. But I never went to see because I just was like, what are they doing to the Karate Kid to bring it back already and uh, you know reboot it? So. It's going to have Jackie Chan and Ralph Macchio. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else, who else they put in it because uh, do you watch Cobra Kai? I watched the first two seasons and I loved it,
0: but then it started to become a little out there, too kiddie-ish for me, too too young. I I don't care if you're 11 or 13 and, and there's young love in the air. <laughs> it's just not my stick. And God bless him. It's just I'm, I'm older, but uh, so I stopped watching it. But I eventually will finish it because I like the way they began transforming uh, 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 his his nemesis. What was, what's his name? Oh, Johnny. Johnny, yeah, how they started transforming me because you know when you saw Johnny in that first episode, we're talking about Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai became uh, uh, started out on YouTube, uh, YouTube Red, where you had to pay to get there, and I guess it didn't have the numbers, they canceled it. It went to Netflix and became a blockbuster monster worldwide. Hit. And I think that's why the Jackie Chan one and and, and Smith kid, uh, the movie, it was a global success, and China's a massive market. So that 350 million, I bet a good chunk came out from overseas, especially the Chinese area. But I, I, my my point is, they have to have Johnny in there because of Cobra Kai. I mean, he's become, I mean, now when I think of Karate Kid, I now think of Johnny and and and, and Ralph Macchio's character.
1: Yeah, I want him to have Johnny. And to me, that's the best part of Cobra Kai. I mean, the show is so corny sometimes. You know, they're having massive karate fights at high school or whatever. But I also like it because it's, in essence, a lot of the show is not PC. Johnny is, you know, right. Johnny's driving his Trans Am, blasting his music, calling girls babes, and, and just being totally, you know, what the, the public would say, toxic, masculine you know, pig and, but it's hilarious because that's just who he is. You know, he's drinking his Coors Light and he just wants to go beat people up and, 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 and it's entertaining. Well, actually I, take it the first episode, he didn't want to
0: beat him up, but he didn't shy away from not <laughs> here's a grown man, people. And in the scene he's beating up what looked to be 17 year, 18 year olds, you know, and, and I'm stretching it to say 18, but he knocks him out. Oh, uh, and one more point about Cobra Kai. Zolo Maridueno, I think that's his name. I think I thought he played a phenomenal role in that. You know, but that's a woke kid. That that's, he's too stupid to know what woke really is. He just spews what he's told to do and the indoctrination. But he's he did a great Job in that role at least for the first two. I stopped watching it after they fe- After he fell, a uh, 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 spoiler alert: three, two, one. After he fell off the the the, the second floor at the school and messed up his back, and I think I watched one or two episodes of the, the third season, and that was it. Uh, what are your other expectations? If they don't have Johnny, I mean, I, I guess what I'm asking is, what what kind of storyline are are, are are you looking for, or thinking about, or hoping for?
1: Well, you know. Number one, you uh, well, got to have Johnny, in my opinion. You can't leave him out. Now that you've brought him back in Cobra Kai and made him, you know, assuming that this movie, you know, takes place sort of after Cobra Kai. You got to keep Johnny in there. Um, I'm always for bringing back Elizabeth Shue. She was that when I watched the first uh, Karate Kid movie. I'm not lying. That was my my crush was watching that movie. I thought oh, yeah. Was, I thought like, Elizabeth John, Shue was me.
0: It. For me, it was her in *Adventures in Baby* *Adventures in Babysitting*. Remember that? That yeah. movie. Because when you're in the military and you're out overseas, uh, uh, we have a whole library of movies. But the problem is, they show one movie over and over. And I remember that beautiful woman. You know, fair skin hasn't aged like most guys would have thought she would. But you know, that's human nature, humanity. You know, she's a fair-skinned blonde. Yeah. Did you like her role in *Cobra Kai*?
1: Yeah, I wish she would stayed in longer. I mean, that's the other thing I like about Cobra Kai is they they worked in all these past, you know, little cameos and 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 all these people they brought back, uh, even people from the, the the third movie. You know, they brought in Terry Silver and you know, I I just, I mean, that's who's gonna if you want to you know get people in there, you got to have the nostalgia, and that's what this show's based on. So you got to bring in these characters if you want to bring in the money. Because I think that's why Public hit. is the hit. Sure, the, the young kids are getting a glimpse of it now, but there's old people like me watching it just because it's, you know, nostalgic and you remember your good youth and you watch these characters and you like it. So you got to you got to have cameos by a good majority of these people in the next movie.
0: I get you. And you know, Sean from a uh, uh so first of all, I thought the Hillary Swank one failed because they were trying to bring a girl into a boys' role and boys, the kids and boys grew up loving the karate kid. So that was a drastic change. And I think the uh uh uh, uh the other one Big market in China. Jackie Chan is not a, a, a famous actor. He is a worldwide superstar. So, and I think that kind of what brought it back, and it was a surprise hit. And uh, now with with, with Macho, the original, and, and Jackie Chan, this could actually rival the financial success of any of them and uh, I think uh, hopefully it'll be good I hope they do what you say bring back some of the individuals for cameos uh, but who knows where it could go they may bring back some Cobra Kai characters you know uh, for, for some backstories but from a marketing sense the other reason I think this is going to do very well uh, Well, first they can't go woke and, and and the last one wasn't woke you said uh, or the first two weren't woke I think there's, the Cobra Kai wasn't woke uh, it, it was woke in certain ways but you you fought through that to enjoy. It. Uh, I'll never I'll never it, I'll always get frustrated when I see a ninety pound woman hit a three hundred pound man and knock the guy out and she's all tough. It's just not realistic. Uh, so I take that back a little bit uh, from Cobra Kai. But the point being is you have established characters there, and I think it would be a disservice at least to the uh, because that's a worldwide show too, Cobra Kai, to not have a couple of those characters in there. But my point that I keep trying to make, but I keep digressing is. It's a father-son movie. What I'm saying is you and your kid, well, your your kid's at 16, 17 now, so I don't know. But uh, uh, somebody whose kid is 10, 11, 12, a father your age, that's money. That's money, you know, and that's another, uh, that's what's going to be outside the norm in getting more people, meaning that's not their typical market, father-son. How many movies are out there that cater to a father-son? There's not many, and I think that's going to help out. Any final words on Cobra Kai, brother? Cobra Kai. I'm looking forward to the next season. I'm, so what? No, I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> See, that's how ingrained the Karate Kid is, but not necessarily the Karate Kid anymore. When I think of Karate Kid franchise, I think Cobra Kai. Uh, any final words? Well, any final words on Cobra Kai and the Karate Kid upcoming
1: flick? Well, I'm looking forward to the last season of Cobra Kai, and I. Once they make the casting announcements and some storyline comes out for the new movie, then I'll make my decision, uh, then, but hopefully they don't stick with the Cobra Kai did make it nostalgic. Don't make it too woke. You can work in a little, but it's gotta be more subtle like the show has been, but keep the characters true to who they are and, you know, make it just the fun corny stuff. You know, we want to see. Exactly. You know, it's, there's going to segueing into
0: our next segment, corporations stop posting and advertising on X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, and, and what you what, what you just alluded to, something you can enjoy uh, right now. Hollywood is posting bomb after bomb. You can count And I'm not I'm not exaggerating at a big tent movies. This past year, the only two that a studio can go to their investors and say, we hit it and we hit it outside the park is Oppenheimer and Barbie. You know, every Marvel movie uh, the the, the last two years have been woke. Actually, and and that's Disney. Every Disney movie has been woke and Wish just taint, you know. And yet these people who are running these corporations are doing it against the will of the stockholder. And I think, Sean, we're going to be entering an era here in the next 12 to 48 months where you're going to see some majority stockholders, whether they're hedge fund managers, you know, these big groups, or that that, that, that $300 billion owner, you know, as Ross Perot did with, with, with General Dynamics, uh, making their voices heard. But that said, they uh, Disney, Paramount, Lionsgate, Sony, and Warner Brothers Discovery. And I can tell you, Disney, we just said odd their misfires. Paramount, uh, 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 Tom Cruise's latest Mission Impossible did not, is going to break even if that. Uh, Sony, uh, dear God, you know, I I don't even know what movies they produce anymore. Uh, 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 And Warner Brothers Discovery, Flash, Blue Beetle, Shazam. I mean, they have failure after failure. And to me, the reason I'm prefacing this, Sean, is I think, it's their job the market their services and if you're not promoting your services and I'm a shareholder I'm going what the bleep are you doing you know now the reason they say that they're not doing this advertising or or promoting is they're accusing uh, Elon Musk of making an anti-semitic uh tweet now a little background because Sean may not be too familiar uh, 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 the ADL is, is is a Jewish nonprofit group that is extreme it is uber leftist, uh, kind of like the, the, the Southern Poverty Law Center. You know, these are people who will attack you. And once Elon Musk bought X, they went all out to attack them, the, to just lie about him. And, and Musk has actually said, hey, we're going to be in court soon if you don't stop. It's In the Jewish culture, whether you want to hear this or not, people, uh, uh, if you and it's especially happening right now, especially if you disagree, disagree with anything, Israel, uh, 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 you are deemed an anti-Semite. No ifs, ands, or buts. It's kind of like an individual calling you a racist to shut you down. So they are upset about the ADL. But what's it saying, Sean, you, you kind of snipe your nose, uh, you cut off your nose. Uh, 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 In spite of your face. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's what they're doing because they are siding with the ADL. And there's enough documentation, video and print where they take the far leftist view. And what Elon is saying, uh, well, let me read this out. This is what started it. Uh, he responded to an, uh, a tweet. A Jewish man tweeted, "Okay, you bleeps, y'all hiding behind your no name profiles, you know, have some balls and say it out publicly with your name. So a guy actually did. He said the Jewish communities have been pushing the exact kind of dialectical hatred against whites that they claim to want people to stop using against them. I'm deeply disinterested in giving the tiniest shit now about Western Jewish populations coming to the disturbing realization that those hordes of minorities that support flooding their country don't exactly like them too much. You want truth said to your face? There it is. And Musk responded with, you have said the actual truth. And Musk went on further to say, The ADL unjustly attacks the majority of the West, despite the majority of the West supporting the Jewish people and Israel. This is because they cannot, by their own tenets, criticize the minority groups who are their primary threat. So let me translate that for you. What Musk is saying is, y'all guys are far leftist. You don't ever criticize any move the Democratic Party has done in bringing over all these people who hate you, and now you're realizing they hate you a lot. You know, he, he's saying you guys use the same tactics, which lately has been the past year they've gone after white Americans specifically, but they don't care. These corporations. So, 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 so they're cutting off their nose despite their face, uh, as you so eloquently remind me how, how to say it, uh, by not advertising on the biggest platform. They all moved over to Threads, which is, you can't even say Threads is dying. It's never lived, to be quite honest. It didn't make the impact. Twitter is the marketplace of the world. And the reason I say that, you can't go on Facebook and argue with somebody, you can't go uh, on, on any leftist platform or any Uh, 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 Conservative platform and argue with somebody Twitter's the only place you can do that Thanks to Musk You know, because people like you and I were being Censored on Twitter, we're being Banned on Twitter Uh, Before I go on, because I've been talking a lot First of all, what are your thoughts In terms of my uh, Interpreting of what Elon is trying To say, he's saying, you guys are far leftists You support all these far leftist plans Now you're using them Against people who are against Israel
1: well, I I reread this quote several times today, trying to figure out, you know, exactly why they're calling Elon Musk anti-Semitic. Someone posted something saying, you know, these certain people don't like you. You know, that's the truth. And I, I mean, I don't see him just agreeing with, you know, pointing out that other races don't like Jews is anti-Semitic. That, that's just a common Understanding And, you know, when he went on and said the West support West support you, well, be a little more specific. Um, I'm not so sure that I know. Certain parts of the West support you like Donald Trump administration and stuff did a lot for Israel. But now when you hear the current administration, especially some of the, you know, left or squad people who are against Israel. You know, they're not for them from the West, technically, because they're in the U.S., that they're for the West. So I don't see how this is anti-Semitic. And I saw comments, you know, from CNN say at this time of rising anti-Semitism and violence against Jews. And, you know, I think they just break break out the anti-Semitism just as like you said, as quickly as they bust out the race card. It's just a way to to shut you up. If you try to make a point saying, hey, these people don't like you. We don't want to hear that. You're anti-semitic. You're racist. Be quiet. You know, they just shut you down immediately. That's it's like the the go-to answer for everything to shut people up. Right.
0: Right. And, and and Sean, to add to that, uh I actually support Israel. I've always supported Israel. But I've never looked at them as my our allies. I've never looked at them as I love the Jewish people. They're just another culture, another people. I have issues with them too. I have issues with any race or culture, technically they're not a race, religion, culture that says we are the chosen ones because you're teaching bigotry from the day one. You're saying you're better than that kid. Yeah. You know? And I've experienced that. But I hope I don't you can't judge a culture. I'd never judge a Jewish man or woman. Based off their culture and the fact they believe they're the chosen one, so they're better. I've always judged them individually because that's how I was brought up. And going into the military, you meet so many diverse. I've met tons of Jewish. I remember going out with this guy. And uh, 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 he told me he was Jewish. First time I actually partied with a Jewish guy, you know? They're... They're no different than anybody else, people, but we seem to have this different take of the Jewish culture uh, 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 because they have, to me, they have one of the greatest value systems. They they have the value of money. They have the value of a strong education. They have a value of of strong family. They have a value of maintaining those values. And I admire all those traits, and those are traits we are losing, but I disagree uh, 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 with them in certain instances. Now. The reality of this is you're right, Sean. The perception seems to be that the Western nations are no longer the allies they used to be. That's true and not true. It's becoming true because of the indoctrination of hate being taught uh, uh in our school systems so and history being ignored and no longer being taught. The true history there was never a Palestine. Country never, and you see or you hear people like CNN and others talking about that. You know, it was six Arab nations or Middle Eastern nations rather that attacked Israel in 1966 or 67, and Israel took six days and literally wiped them out, the, or they could have wiped them out the face of the earth. Israel has nuclear capability and has never used it. Israel is the only democratically elected government in the Middle East. So they check off every boss, and would I look at an ally? Every other Middle Eastern nation? No. The closest we have the allies there are probably the, the Saudi Arabians, and they had a hand in 9-11. That's no longer disputed. You know, it took 20 years to get the data out. So my point being is I completely support Israel here, but what I don't like is if you question what's happening or if you have a question, you're immediately deemed an anti-Semitic and canceled. And here's where I want to get your comment. What do you think of leftists who are pro-Israel and their own brethren are trying to cancel them, trying to shut them down? Hollywood, the same thing. Uh, uh, who's, 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 who's the uh, uh, Amy Schumer trying to cancel her? You know. So what are your thoughts? Because I have always said, be careful what you wish for because what you support in using against your enemies, eventually once you take power, those same tools will be used against you and that's what's happening to the jewish uh people out in hollywood and in other places. what's your thought regarding that specifically and my take on everything i've said about uh israel in terms of, of why i view them as an ally.
1: well in terms of the middle east they're pretty much our only ally because they're a if you look at their society it's it's a democratic democratic type society and they're they're like you pointed out the, their morals align with with our western you know, morals. If the funniest part I've been seeing in these marches is, you know, people marching, you know, with their blue hair and their crazy outfits or they're, you know, trans or gay or whatever. And they're, and they're talking about how bad Israel is and they're pro-Palestinian. And I'm, I'm like, do these people read if they went over there in these outfits with these values, they would get thrown off the buildings by the Palestinians. Like, the Palestinians, are, they're not for these things, these people think are marching for. That's what's hilarious I agree. to me. They, you,
0: know. Uh, you know, Sean, I always talk about how I've been to 30 some odd countries. I lost count. Maybe I haven't been to quite 30. I've been double, double digits, you know, because of the military. And then as a diver, I traveled. And as I told you, after I sold the business, I took a little time off to have fun, you know. Uh, and I have news for you, America. We are so pro-LGBT as a country, you have no clue. You go to Latin American countries and gays are out. But there's a lot of them are still hidden who are in the elite world in the, in the systems that make a lot of money. It's And I've seen this firsthand in multiple countries. We talk about the Mideast, Latin American countries, they think the same way uh, uh, of gays. In Indonesian in and Asian countries, the same way. Uh, uh, and, and the Middle East could be the worst lot of the monks, As you said, they got them filmed throwing gays off the roofs and things of that nature. Uh, uh, so we have this blind belief that people are like us. So I think these LGBT individuals will sit there and uh go over there thinking they're going to be with buds and not realize how, how much of an idiot they are. In fact, uh, let me give you this uh, analogy, real quick. Is I view these individuals like the moron in a movie early on, helping the bad guy, thinking they can change the bad guy, or the bad guy's not who we think they are. And then towards the end of the movie, when the bad guy starts to get going to rage before the big scene against the good guy, they kill the guy who helped them or the girl who helped them, and that person has this dazed look, like, why, why? <laughs> you know, it's because of the scorpion and the frog. They are who they are. It's their nature, and they're never going to accept homosexuality in the Middle
1: East in our lifetime. You know your thoughts? Well, not just homosexuality. Females like you have to be escorted around. Think of that. Like you know, females cannot do not have the same rights as they have here. They can't. They have to be escorted around by a male. They have to dress a certain way. I mean, these these people have no clue. Uh, An even an average, say, white straight female went over there if she went over there in some of the clothes i see girls walking around here and with no male escort that's not going to fly so i mean if that's not going to fly you can imagine what they think of you know the other stuff that we've got going on in this country so people need to to really i think they're they say they're for this but if they they will never actually go there just like all these celebrities that say you know if trump wins i'm moving out of the country but no one ever leaves they just want a bitch Because they still know this is the greatest place and they couldn't get away with half the crap they say anywhere else. And that's why, you know, this is the greatest country. They can act like morons here and get away with it. And if they were in the Middle East, they'd be taken uh, being taken care of and we'd never hear from them again. (laughs) exactly you know and 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 Musk
0: and it has been in Israel to visit he's always supported the israeli people uh you know it's it, you know it, it, it becomes silly their ceo uh said that 90% of the top 100 advertisers have returned to X in the last 12 weeks this came from an article in the third week of october and i think that's what happens smarter heads prevail or they want to do the big public display and then yeah. in the background they start uh, uh doing what they were already doing again without telling anybody uh Here's the problem with the ADL. They never, con- they almost never condemn left-wing anti They've defended radical left-wing Israeli hater and ADL funder George Soros. They praise Jew-hating Israeli basher Representative Ilhan Omar. And for people who don't like me putting it that way, uh, it's true. She has a, a, a swath of comments uh, uh, that, that, that back up that statement I just said. Uh, the ADO's policies are not always aligned with the Jewish people and Israel. Because, and you know why? It's because they're a political group. It's because they're a political. They are a political group first before they are a group representing uh, 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 Israel. Because they have diverged from Israel's wants versus what they want, you know uh their pres- or the, whoever's running it is a former Obama staffer Greenblatt. <laughs> they are a leading organization that wants to help control and censor online speech they are per must they are again they are directly responsible for the catastrophe that's happening with his uh advertising uh and they've had long standing social relations or standing relationships with social media platforms and their advertisers uh again everything's cyclical they're gonna get their day they're they i think musk will have his day in court uh maybe literally or or metaphorically but they're they they are not a good group they are they represent They're donors. They represent the elitist clan that controls them. They represent everything that wants to destroy America and by default would destroy Israel. Look people, without the United States of America funding them billions a year, Israel would cease to exist. Do you think they were able to win all these wars, all these matchups, without our billions, our arms, our ammunition? No. They would be extinct. And that's my final take on this. I'll, I'll give you the last word. But my, the reason I say that is, even Hamas's uh, uh, constitution or their version of that took out a, a, a genocide or reworded it, but they still practice it verbally. There's still documented uh, uh, times that that they say we want a genocide on Twitter, on social media. That's their wish for the for, for the Jewish nation to be obliterated, destroyed, and crushed. Your final take on that? And do you think these companies will eventually uh, grow sane and come back to Twitter, where they have a whole uh, 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 a whole swath of various cultures, colors, religions to help market their movies?
1: I don't know if they'll ever become sane, but they'll uh, they'll come back to advertising on X because they think it's it's too big of a of a market to pass up. I mean, I still go on Instagram, and I know that I can get censored there, so you know. It's, it's you gotta hit all the markets, even though you disagree with uh, what you think is their their policy. Um, people have clearly pointed out it's not anti-Semitic. So, you know, I think they just, like you said, made their big brouhaha, you know, hey, le-, you know, left this over here. we We told you how much we hate X, we took our advertising off it. And then when things calm down, they'll come back.
0: That, that, that's how I view it. Uh, 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 I think once Elon Musk purchased Twitter, the elitisms or elites running uh, uh, the big corporations and the government, they wanted him gone. And this is an extension of it. Because I got to be honest, people, I was born and raised in a third world nation. Well, not third world, but I was born and raised in Panama, close to the third world nation. And I've seen two dictators. And we are headed down that path. Once you sit there and dictate to somebody what they can or can't say, That will come around to bite you because the few want to rule the millions. And anybody out of those millions that says something negative once they're in power, you're done. Be careful what you wish for, people. And with that, Sean, that closes out our second Red, White, and Rude. And to the audience. Uh, I tend to dominate the conversations. We're we're working things out. We're still having fun. We're still developing our chemistry, and, and we're changing things up as each week goes. Uh, but a few uh, a few words that to check this video out, this podcast, the Red, White, and Rude, our big questions with the Big John, our interview series, our free for all, our libertarian uh, uh, debate series. Well, not debate, but that's where all libertarian things happen, and fired up our conservative podcast, go to grumblingsmedia.com. You can access all of them, including our clips and our shorts. If you'd rather go to your social media platform, go to YouTube and go to Rumble, and we are under the moniker Grumblings Media. You know, Sean, somebody said, don't use moniker. People aren't going to know what that means. Okay, We're under the handle, (laughs) Grumblings Media. (laughs) And finally, we are also on the traditional platforms if you just want to do podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Google, and Apple. Thank you for listening to Red, White, and Rude, my friends. And until next time, Sean and I bid you adieu.